This is Valor Radio. Valor, strength of mind and spirit that enables a person to face danger with resolve and determination in battle or in any other situation. Valor, like that displayed by veterans of every branch of the military throughout our community. This radio show, Valor Radio, salutes all of you who have raised your right hands to volunteer to protect and preserve our unique American way of life. Thanks for joining us and your brothers and sisters in uniform. When liberty's in jeopardy, I will always do what's right. I'm out here on the front lines, sleeping peace tonight, American soldier. Now, Valor Radio. Well, welcome and come on in here, soldiers, sailors, airmen, marines, coasties, and guardians and civilians affiliated with them and all of their great activities. Uh, we are at full strength again with the colonel and the captain. The globe-trotting Colonel Paul Simonelli is now broadcasting from yet another southern location. We welcome him into the program. Hello, Colonel. Well, hello, folks. Good. I am uh, broadcasting from Nashville, Tennessee, from uh, the Gaylord Opryland. Very nice. Give uh, Minnie Pearl my best, and, and Buck Owens, too. This is uh, a great city, by the way. You know that. We've talked about this before. Um, I've done the show a couple times from Nashville, and uh, this is just uh, a great place. The city is just on fire with uh, growth. Uh, industry is going crazy here. Oh, the you know, state you see, is. Yeah, you see skyscrapers going up everywhere. You see uh, construction towers. Uh, unfortunately, the infrastructure struggling a bit with the traffic, but uh, there's something special about this place. The people are just coming in and uh, had a great week here in Nashville at uh, Gaylord Opryland. Uh, it's the largest... Uh, hotel in the United States without a casino. Amazing. Uh, Colonel, let me just uh, advisory here. Your uh, your internet connection is a little bumpy. If you have a lot of uh, other stuff open there, uh, if we can shut some of those programs down because you're, you're kind of bouncing around just a little bit. Let's am, while, you, uh, while, while you do that, we'll bring in uh, Captain Steve Amano. Hi. USN retired. Yeah, thank you. But not from Valor Radio. No. No, not at all. I'm here. Thanks for being here on the uh, program. I wouldn't have it any other way. Great, great to have you. So drink local Kernersville, North Carolina. Yeah, you like that? My sister yeah. sent me that. Oh. Yeah. Right, anything, that, anything to promote drinking. <laughs> that's right. Well, that's the National Association of Broadcasters. And Go you ahead. got one. Make Orwell f- Make make El, make uh, uh, Orwell fiction again. Oh, there yeah. you go. Yeah. <laughs> with a couple of yeah. shifty eyes looking through a slot. Colonel, are you still with us? Yeah. Ah, look at that. The Colonel and Hi-Fi. Is that better? That's better. So uh, what, what are we doing here? Uh, Colonel, uh, I hand the reins to you here momentarily. Well, thank you. Uh, it is uh, Veterans uh, Day this week, so we, we obviously want to spend the show honoring veterans and uh, start out. Uh, Steve, yeah, I, I I saw a couple posts you did this week. Uh-oh. Um, Go, uh oh, Facebook, you mean? Yeah, on, on Facebook. Yeah, and I know uh, you're not too too excited about it, and I I know local media in Rochester is going all gaga. 
uh, over the new chief of naval operation. Um, I know you spoke about her a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. uh, but now it is official. Yes, it is. Uh, and you are a resident Navy guy. Yes. So and she is. Wanted to hear what a, you had to a say. Rochester native, as they they re, they constantly remind us. Right. Uh huh. So what what do you want to tell us about her? Uh, I, you know, I uh, well she she gradu- she got commissioned after me, so she's you know from my uh, generation, and she was ROTC. At, I think she went to Northwestern, right? Is that what she went? Something like that. Yeah, and she's which is which is great. Great ROTC is a great great way to go if anybody's interested. Uh, and uh, but when she graduated, when she went for college from Rochester, she never came back, and her folks left here, and really she lost her connection to the city. So, you know, I was just kind of surprised that they they made such an effort locally on the local news to. Uh, Remind us that she was a Rochester native because when it first came out that she was selected as the the nominee for uh, the CNO job, uh, they didn't make a big deal out of the fact that she was a Rochester native. But when she got confirmed, they did. They I, I don't know maybe they didn't think she was going to be confirmed or something. But um, I was just kind of surprised they made such a big deal out of it after the fact. Now I mean she's in the job and she's doing the work now, so I guess she had to get the credit right. Yes, obviously. And is this and our? Her, and we wish her well, of course. And is this the uh, first lady? Yes, that's uh, chief yes. of naval operations. I yes, she is. She is the first female to be a CNO. All right, and is she's not the first female service chief? Is she? Uh you know, didn't the Air Force? Already have one? Oh, the Coast Guard already had. It's uh, uh, well, got a, got a uh, female um, yeah, but that, uh, commandant. Yeah, that's Homeland Security, though. That's not Department of Defense. But okay. Yeah. Anyway. I, I, I don't know. Did the Air Force? I know the Air Force had a, a, a female secretary. As does the Army now. Right. Exactly. So. So hey. You so know. Steve, let me ask you. You were uh-huh. you were on the 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 snoop side uh-huh. of the Navy. I was. And right, military intelligence uh-huh. and all that, right? Right. And Navy likes to keep it secrets. Right. And one of the things they usually are pretty close hold about are where submarines are. Yeah. You got uh, that I mean, that's right. just not something they advertise. It, it never was. And uh, all of was, a sudden was now. Past tense. <laughs> well. Go ahead, Paul. I, I, wow. I'm, I'm, this is a really grating story. I mean, I, I, I tell you what, I read more about it uh, before I got on the air today, and uh, I just can't believe that they're letting this cat out of the bag. So what's the cat they're letting out of the bag, Steve? Well, they're, they, first of all, they, 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 they announced on social media a little while ago that an Ohio-class SSBN, it's a ballistic missile sub, is heading to Central Command AOR, Area of Responsibility, uh, and they did it via X, uh, you know, the old Twitter. So they announced on social media that a submarine is deploying to the CENTCOM AOR. And, and it, uh, is it rare that they would uh, uh, have a ballistic sub destination publicized? I think it's unprecedented. Unheard of. I, I've, never, I've never heard of it. it. It shocked me when I first, when I first read it. I mean, wasn't 
isn't the first line of defense of keeping these uh, submarines undetected that, is not disclosing isn't that what kind, the whole part the, of the world they're in? The isn't, whole, isn't that kind of the nature of a submarine? Is it supposed to be stealth? I mean, it's the whole bag. It, I mean, the, the whole thing involves stealth, and and to to do that, to to actually announce that they're sending. But you know, I got to tell you, Paul, that's not the only. Uh, you know, those are not the only cats they're letting out of the bag. I I saw um, on Fox uh, earlier, they had an entire order of battle up on the screen showing every Navy ship that was uh, in that area and where they were, including. Um, and they're showing ships that are in the Red Sea. Now, that's pretty restricted water, uh, you know, the waterways of the, the Red Sea. And, and they're announcing all the ships that were there in that, uh, you know, the Ohio-class submarine, USS Kearney, USS Baton, USS Thomas Hudner, uh, USS Carter Hall. I mean, they, they listed them all. And, and uh, the, the Dwight Eisenhower Carrier Strike Group is also in the Red Sea. I mean, that's, I mean, I mean, you can't hide a carrier, but do you have to tell me that the, you know, that the, that the, the you know, we still remember, at least I do, the, the uh, USS Cole incident in 2000, where um, a, a US a DDG-67 was uh, uh, impacted by a, uh, a boat containing explosives, and it killed 224 <laughs> members of the crew. So, Correct. you know... This same kind of thing can happen in in uh, in the Red Sea and in the in, in the Arabian Gulf. Not exactly a friendly part of the world. No, it's not. In, in, by even the way, going into the Med. By the way, do you know that was a second attempt? Do you know what happened the first time? No. The first time, you know, it was a Zodiac yeah, right, boat, right, an inflatable. Uh, they they put the explosives. They didn't put it in the right spot on the boat. And they sunk the boat. <laughs> Did you know that? No, I did not. And they actually dove and recovered the explosives and got them back and then used those same explosives on the second attack when they attacked the coal. Um, anyway, we're hearing some music. We're going to take a break here on Valor Radio. When we come back, more with our uh, Veterans Day edition. It's Valor Radio on the WYSL stations. Don't you know... I love you so Don't you know I love you so And I holla your go-to for standard of specialized business insurance coverage. MGM Associates of Rochester, now serving the region and beyond in New York. Since 1984, MGM has provided leading coverage from a wide range of carriers. Not only home, condo, boat, motorcycle, and auto, but also specialized policies for all types of businesses, including nonprofits and law firms, livery insurance, property insurance, and bonds for all needs. MGM Associates of Rochester provides auto, workers' comp, health care, and liability coverage. Choose from virtual appointments or good old in-office, in-person consults by appointment at our Penfield office. Five-time consecutive winner of the National Best Practices Award, MGM is proud to support veterans groups. For your personal business, home, or professional insurance needs, meet the experienced staff at MGM Associates. Locally and proudly owned at 1745 Penfield Road in Penfield, 381-7008 or mgminsure.com. An associate of Michigan Miller's Mutual Insurance, 2425 East Grand River Avenue, Lansing, Michigan. Michigan. 
The Stars and Stripes Flag Stories open again. Shop at 783 South Avenue Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 1 to 5. All American-made flags, many different types, apparel, drinkware, ornaments, and more. Honor our heroes. Shop Stars and Stripes Flag Store open again just in time for Christmas. Hey, how about becoming a member of the National Warplane Museum in Geneseo, New York? Help us preserve history. Plus, you get some pretty fancy benefits. Visit us online, nationalwarplanemuseum.com. If you're a veteran in crisis or concerned about one, please call the Veterans Crisis Line at 988 and then press 1. Donate now, vocroc.org. From Niagara Falls to the Adirondacks and from Canada to Pennsylvania, you're listening to Valor Radio. Thanks so much for joining us on this edition of Valor Radio, live from Nashville. We have the Colonel Paul Simonelli in studio. We're happy to have Captain Steve Romano. Colonel? Thanks, Robert. So uh, we've been hearing a lot of reports. We know that uh, there's been U.S. troops in the Middle East uh, fighting ISIS or supporting troops that have been fighting ISIS in that region almost uh, uh, consistently uh, for the last uh, decade. And we seldom hear about uh, truly what's happening on the ground there. In recent months, we've started to hear reports about uh, troops that have been injured And, you know, we've heard that just in the last couple of weeks, uh, almost 50 troops have been injured in rocket attacks. And there hasn't been much of a response by the U.S. uh, to these attacks. And we're just as folks sitting out here, Steve, you can tell me what you think. Bob, tell me what you think. Uh, we, we're putting troops in harm's way. You know, we're paying them a buck and a quarter a month in hazard pay. Uh, they're sitting out there. Uh, they're uh, experiencing these rocket attacks. Uh, thank God we're not hearing about more fatalities. Uh, we don't know the extent of the injuries these folks are suffering. Uh, but we know that there are casualties that were the ones we know about. And we don't have an idea of the larger operational or strategic objectives of what we're doing. And yeah. we're not yeah. seeing responses of any sorts to what's happening. That, that, that 50, uh, the 50 figure you, you cited was uh, from 17 to 26 October. So it's only over like a 10-day period. So. Yeah, that's a, that's a lot of service members to be impacted, no pun intended, by uh, drone strikes. So uh, you know, back when I was in the service, we used to get jacked up about that sort of thing. But apparently, it's no big deal now. I, I'm I'm just struggling. To I am understand. Too. I'm with you. We put people in place in harm's way supposedly for some national objective. Right. And I don't know what that is right now. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know something? There's an impact of all of this foggy thinking or indecipherable uh, logic that's, that's coming down, and that's, that's recruitment. 
Look what's going on with recruitment. Awful. It's, it's getting you know, worse. N- never been worse, and it's getting worse and worse. Now they're shoving. What I I, I heard somewhere that they're shoving uh, experienced uh, service personnel into recruiting centers. You know, to see if see if they can have more success in in uh, closing some of these possible new recruits. Hey, Paul, well, did, we're you, gonna, did we you actually see? have a story on that we're going to talk yeah. about later on in the show, okay, Bob? Great. It's interesting you should yeah. bring that up. I was thinking you but, might uh, talk about the, what the Army's doing, Paul. Right. Yeah, okay. we're going to talk about that later okay. on. Okay. But uh, I, we have national strategic objectives, and I don't under, and we're throwing troops at that. We're throwing, we're throwing material at that. We're having troops injured. Uh, we're not seeing... I don't understand what we're doing. I don't understand if we do have a reason to be there, then there has to be a rational uh, response. And in in my mind, you didn't hear me use the word proportional because I don't believe in proportional. Uh, there has to be a rational response. If there's a threat, we eliminate that threat. If there's a threat to our troops and there's a reason for our troops to be there, then we eliminate the threat to our troops. So whatever is creating the injuries to our troops needs to be eliminated. If we're incapable of eliminating that threat, then we need to relocate our troops until we're capable of eliminating that threat. That's simple. I agree with you, huh? Hundred percent. I I just don't understand what's going on. Well, you know the other thing that we're failing on in, 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 in multiple fronts, we're failing on the diplomatic uh, slash strategic planning front because the Russians, uh, as you know, are uh, making inroads lately in Libya of all places. Um, a Russian-Libyan defense uh, accord is being finalized currently, and uh, we're concerned that it's a destabilizing. Uh, effort. Yeah, well, that's that goes without saying. Well, apparently, you know, here's the major security problem. This gives Russia a strategic Mediterranean port in which to spy on all of the uh, European Union. I mean, it just occurred to people that that might be the case. I mean, I mean they're even going back to using our uh, our docking uh, uh, docking rights at, at Tobruk. I mean, these are. These are ports uh, that, that go back for uh, almost a century. You know, uh, these are places that we've known about for a long time. They had strategic importance. You know, we used to have a, a wheelless Air Force base in Libya, and, and and then it got taken over by the you know Gaddafi and, and company. But now, apparently, Washington is concerned by these deepening ties to Libya, and Africom sent its own commander, General Michael Langley, to meet with this guy Haftar. Uh, who's talking to uh, Putin as well. Uh, this guy Haftar is in Benghazi, and um, and we're supposedly pressing him to remove foreign forces, of which, you know, we would be one. So we're not pressing him to remove us, but we're, um, we're not, apparently we're not giving this guy Haftar any options, so it's unlikely he will, he will uh, uh, you know, give the middle finger to Russia. He's probably going to embrace them. So we failed in that regard as well. We, we refuse to deal uh, with the source of all these issues in, in that area. They say we're there to deter 
uh, these regional conflicts from becoming uh, a much broader conflict. We know that these conflicts are all being uh, driven by Iran, by proxies of Iran. Right. Yet we fail to deal with the source of all these conflicts. Well, let me just toss something out here. Uh, for, address both of you on this, and this is, you know, obviously coming from a from a civilian, uh, and at the risk of being labeled a conspiracy theorist, if if uh, if if you wanted to, you know, subvert the military structure of the United States to the general detriment of the country, the population, and civilization, what would you do differently here? I mean, does this does this inexplicable behavior and uh, strategy and tactics, does this indicate that our the highest reaches of our military have been compromised? Either that or there's just an incoherence at the senior civilian level, and this is what flows downhill from that. I, so aside from a, you know, a conspiracy, it's, it's just uh, incompetence. At the senior uh, most civilian that's level. That's exactly what it is, Paul. It, uh, you know, you want to read into it sometimes and say there's something nefarious at work here, but I, I don't give these guys any credit for, for, for putting together a plot. Uh, it, it, this is just plain old bad planning uh, and incompetence, general incompetence on the part of these planners and these military leaders. I, I'm sorry. I, I, I can't think, see it any other way. They're just, they, they have no foresight. They have no uh, initiative, and um, and uh, I think they're blinded by um, some sort of um, I don't know wishful thinking. Uh, the way the world is, but are, but are they also? And, and Bob, are, are, don't Bob, they also cuddle up to our to, to the enemy? Though I mean, oh yeah, well, look, there's that look, factor. Look at Billy, exactly. <laughs> so, Bob, you know, you heard me talk about this in the years that we started the show. Uh, we saw something happen at the end of the Bush er- years, and I think we're feeling the full effect of it right now. And, Steve, uh, you're a few years behind me, but we saw an entire generation of top military leaders uh, hang up their uniforms mm-hmm. before they reached the pinnacle of their careers. And that was the result of anybody who was serving, particularly in Iraq, no matter what service, when it came time for them to get considered for three and four stars, uh, the Bush administration just threw threw in the towel. They knew that when they were sending uh, officers to the Senate for confirmation that it served in Iraq, that it was just going to become... Uh, a discussion of the failure in Iraq. So they picked mediocre officers for three and four stars that had not served and and pushed them along so that there wouldn't be a discussion about what they had done in Iraq because they hadn't been there. And many of the officers that are serving in the most senior positions right now were not the best and the brightest. And and that's the legacy that we have right now. Yeah, they certainly weren't the most aggressive. The senior either. officers. Yeah. You know, adding into that, um, 
you know, we run into that we have, you know, over 80% of the four-star retirees are employed in the defense industry. Oh, that was troubling to read that. What does that tell you? Well, it's incestuous. Terribly incestuous. It sure is. And uh, that's a a horrible statistic. 26 out of 32 four-star flag officers work in the defense industry. That's just awful. I mean, I, I I hate the thought of that. And we'll talk a little bit more about that after the break. What that causes, that could be good, but it also can be bad. Uh, we'll, we'll talk more about that after the break here on Valor Radio. Yeah, the proof of the pudding is what's happening right now. Valor Radio on the WYSL stations, 92.1 FM, 95.5 FM West, AM 1040. Podcast always on WYSL1040.com. Where the deep blue pearly waters wash upon white silver sand. Watch the sun set in the evening in a far and distant land. So here beneath sky's blue heaven. You're listening to Fallow Radio with Colonel Paul Simonelli. And the captain. We can't leave out Captain Steve Amato. Let's go back to Nashville, Tennessee for Colonel Paul Simonelli on location. Thanks, Robert. So, uh, I've enjoyed uh, the stay here in Nashville. This uh, hotel complex, every time you go around a corner, they've got live music playing. And it's just, uh, it's been wonderful. I'm sorry, I hit the uh, the captain's uh, pot down. How's the food, Paul? The food's been good. Uh, You know, I... I've enjoyed the music or? more than the food. Uh-huh. The food's been okay. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, pretty much stayed on the the property here. It's like any gigantic hotel complex. They have about ten different restaurants, and been trying a little bit of each. And there's been a lot of uh, functions that we've had to go to for this uh, uh, event that we're at. But uh, the food's been good. Mm-hmm. Gaylord, I, I just th- really enjoy the music. Uh, Gaylord, to their credit, continues to operate the historic WSM. 650, uh, the, uh, of course, the, the home of Grand Ole Opry, uh, dating back to the 1920s when wow. the solemn old judge went on one day after the Metropolitan Opera broadcast, which used to take place Saturday afternoons on the uh, NBC network. And he said, well, we just heard some opera, and now how about some Grand Ole Opry? <laughs> Is that how it's going? Uh, <laughs> brought to you by a life insurance company. And uh, it was a direct derivative of the Tennessee Barn Dance, which was the original Saturday uh, country and Western music program on my alma mater, WNOX in Knoxville. Wow. And, uh, and you, you smack that dab in the middle else. of this facility is a beautiful radio studio. Oh, I'm, I'm sure. I'm, uh, I'll take some pictures of it and send it or bring it with me, uh, show you guys. It's just absolutely beautiful studio. <laughs> with glass all the way around so people can see it that are here. Uh, I was trying to figure out how I could get in there and do the show from there. There you go. Now you're talking. Yeah, way beyond my ability to get in there. And they still have that that original 1930s tower, which was made by the Blahnox Steel Company of Pittsburgh. Uh, It's, uh, I believe it's about 900 feet tall, and it's uh, diamond-shaped. 
It's like you have wow. uh, an inverted Eiffel Tower and then a regular Eiffel Tower on top of it. How cool. It's still there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Isn't that cool? It'll be there forever if they take care of it. So uh, we were talking about gen- generals jumping ship mm. and going to work in the defense industry. Um, this is uh, this is a challenge, and it's got to always make you wonder uh, why decisions are being made, and are they being made for the right reason? Uh, if uh, these guys and gals know that they have uh, high six-figure jobs mm-hmm. waiting for them uh, when they hang up their uniforms. Um, given the numbers that Steve was talking about, the odds are you're going to be working in the defense in- industry, and you know these folks are going to get paid big, big numbers. Uh, you just got to wonder uh, with the effect that it has on the whole system. I don't know what the solution is. I mean, they do know uh, on, on the good side, they know what's needed, right? Yeah, I, I don't know that there is a solution to it. When, when you start dangling cash in front of people, um, and, 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 you know, a lot of these guys, they're thinking like Joe Biden, like, you know, I've been, you know, I've been living a, you know, a, a, a lean life and uh, giving for my country and, and now I'm ready to cash in. You know, I, what do you tell them? You know, you, you can't take that job. You can't, you know, you can't get that a million dollar home or whatever. I, I don't know what you tell these guys because they're not going to listen. They're going to do what they, their family pressure on them. And, and uh, I, I just don't know what the answer is. I just think yeah. you have to have people in, in those positions who are not going to compromise their principles or their, um, you know, their ethics. Yeah, it's a it's 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 a tough life. It is. I mean, you figure someone who's made it to uh, four stars right. has probably moved forty times in their military career. I wouldn't be surprised. To forty times. I wouldn't be. How many times did you move in your in your time? Well, don't forget. I only, you know, I, I did a short time of regular active duty. So, but in that in uh, that in that short time, you probably you probably moved four or five times. Yes. Yeah. I had um, um, I know I, I had in, I, in twenty almost twenty five years I had seventeen permanent uh, changes of duty station. See seventeen, and uh, some of them were uh, going across oceans, and I had multiple uh, uh, temporary duties in between there. So that that's a lot of moving. Yeah, yeah. sounds like a radio career. <laughs> it does. That's the way it was. That's that's the way it was until I came back here. You know, every two years. <laughs> Yeah, so these, uh, you know, I know they have a period of time they can't do it right after they retire, but boy, they always find their way into it. Um, it seems like, and yeah. this is even talk about the, the the three stars and the two star yeah, and the one oh star God. generals. Those so, are the ones who are really hungry. Um, yeah. yeah, and especially, I know, and I hate to say this, I know. Oh. This is going to sound bad. Yeah, I know. But, you know, you get the three-star and the two-star and the one-star, and they're all resentful that they didn't get more stars. So now they feel like they're owed even more. Right. I know that's very cynical sounding, but you can almost hear it when you talk to these folks sometimes, uh, hmm. you know, that they left stuff on the table. Right. So uh, that, Probably. And it's easier for them to rationalize. Uh, 
getting more. And, you know, I, I, you think about the families. Think about the spouses. Yeah, I know. I mean, that is that, a tough That is a life. tough you, you got to really – I mean, if you, if you don't take care of your spouse or your family, um, you're never going to live that down. You, you've got to – at a certain point, you, you feel like you owe it to them for all the grief that you've caused them over the years where you were clawing your way up that ladder. So it, it's a difficult proposition. I, you know, I, I, I kind of don't envy them in, in some ways, but they just got to figure out a way to, to not cave the way they, they've been doing. I mean, 26 out of 32 going for the defense industry, that, that's not a good look. No, it surely they, isn't. They, they, I mean, even if they went back to it later on, if they took time off and they went, you know, they did a, um, you know, they, they they went in the priesthood or something for a while. I don't know, just something that something different, because it looks bad. It looks like a revolving door, which it is. Well, and don't forget, all these folks when you're at that level, yeah, you know, they keep their security clearance. Uh, yeah, that's another thing. And that's another good they, point. They immediately. Uh, get signed on as consultants right. for the Department oh, yeah. of Defense, which is a license make, to make money. Right, they make about uh, anywhere from fifteen hundred to twenty five hundred dollars a day. Uh, whenever the imagine? government needs them to do something, so if they go give a talk at one of the war colleges, right. or they go act as a a senior mentor right. at an exercise, um, you know they're making okay money doing that. Mm-hmm. And, and I can tell you, you got- they're, they're not worth that kind of money if you listen to him speak. I've heard General Clapper speak. And if, well, he's, if he got $1,500 for that speech that he gave to us in the Pentagon, I, I want my money back. So two things. You know, when I was at the War College, uh, you know, working there, uh, they used to bring the generals in for this gigantic exercise they do at the end of the year. It was like mm, a capstone event right. for the War College right. class. And at the end of the exercise, the colonels used to have to sit down and pretty much write evaluations of the retired generals that (laughs) were coming. Don't laugh. Don't laugh. And we'd have to say, you know, do we want to invite this retired general back? You know, have they lost their relevance? And and some guys, you know, we're we're still on their game 10 or 12 years later. Uh Some guys, though... You know, it was war story time. Oh no! And they wouldn't get invited back. Yeah, they're just um, yeah, they're just going through the. They're five minute men, is what they are. They, we used to call them five minute men. They, you could have them stand up in front of a crowd for a couple minutes, and they would dazzle them for a few minutes, and then after that, it was like they keep on repeating themselves over and over again. And right, or or what they were talking about had lost its relevance. Had lost its relevance. It didn't apply right. anymore. But on the other side, yeah. there were some fairly senior older guys that were their game were still on their game yeah you know they were still relevant. right we had them in the navy so yeah we um, had them it happens though all right i'm hearing some music we're going to take a break and we'll be back more with our uh veterans day edition of valor radio
your go-to for standard of specialized business insurance coverage. MGM Associates of Rochester, now serving the region and beyond in New York. Since 1984, MGM has provided leading coverage from a wide range of carriers. Not only home, condo, boat, motorcycle, and auto, but also specialized policies for all types of businesses, including nonprofits and law firms, livery insurance, property insurance, and bonds for all needs. MGM Associates of Rochester provides auto, workers' comp, health care, and liability coverage. Choose from virtual appointments or good old in-office, in-person consults by appointment at our Penfield office. Five-time consecutive winner of the National Best Practices Award, MGM is proud to support veterans groups. For your personal business, home, or professional insurance needs, meet the experienced staff at MGM Associates. Locally and proudly owned at 1745 Penfield Road in Penfield, 3817008 or mgminsure.com. An associate of Michigan Miller's Mutual Insurance, 2425 East Grand River Avenue, Lansing, Michigan. The Stars and Stripes flag store is open again. Shop at 783 South Avenue Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 1 to 5. All American-made flags, many different types, apparel, drinkware, ornaments, and more. Honor our heroes. Shop Stars and Stripes flag store open again just in time for Christmas. Hey, how about becoming a member of the National Warplane Museum in Geneseo, New York? Help us preserve history. Plus, you get some pretty fancy benefits. Visit us online, nationalwarplanemuseum.com. If you're a veteran in crisis or concerned about one, please call the Veterans Crisis Line at 988 and then press 1. Donate now, vocroc.org. From Niagara Falls to the Adirondacks and from Canada to Pennsylvania, you're listening to Valor Radio. Ah, I had a little trouble getting that song to load, but it's back in there now, and we are back in with Valor Radio uh, with the Colonel and the Captain. Thanks, Robert. You mentioned earlier about uh, recruiting. So the Army, in its infinite wisdom, is going to do what is the only thing they can do. A two-star general isn't smart enough to figure out how to fix the problem, so now they're going to put a three-star general in charge. What do you think about that, Steve? Yeah. Is that how that works? That's how it works, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, that's so. interesting. I just saw a program this morning about the, the 8th Air Force and how they replaced the, the guy who started the 8th Air Force in World War II, uh, General Ira Aker, mm-hmm. was a two-star, and he basically started it from the ground up and ran it and got it uh, uh, you know, to a point where it was in, doing pretty damn well. And then in, at the beginning of 44, January 1st, 44, Jimmy Doolittle was brought in to, to be in charge of the 8th Air Force. And Ira Aker was given one more star, but they gave him a job as uh, coordinating um, the air forces of the Allies in the Mediterranean, which he thought was a terrible demotion. But in this case, I'm sure the guy who got the three-star command uh, for talent acquisition is, is a happy dude. <laughs> Or do that, whoever it is. Do that. You know, I'm I'm sure they're happy about it. I'm sure they are. I'm sure they are. Wouldn't, and you, I'm wouldn't, sure... you, wouldn't you love to be a 42T? A 42 Tango. Tango, there you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. we got to use the right acronym there you go. here. Okay, for us civilians, what's that? That's, That's the new specialty. It. It's called a talent talent acquisition specialist. Specialist. You're no longer a recruiter. You're... You're going. You know what it is? They want. To, they they want to mimic what's going on in the business world. How they go out and they, you know, they got headhunters looking for talent. Gee, I wonder why nobody wants to join the military. 
Ay, ay, ay. Wouldn't you want to be a tone deaf? Wouldn't you want to be a talent acquisition specialist with a uniform? Uh, uh, you know, it, it, I, I think that uh, one, one, <laughs> one, one millionth of one percent of the world population knows what that means. And that's a problem. Yeah. Well, why don't we why don't we use terms that people understand the the meaning? Well, there's always jargon in the military. They, there's so much jargon that goes around. Sometimes I wonder who the hell they think they're kidding with the jargon. Absolutely. Hey, I, I listen to the I watch the war movies, and uh, you know, there's uh, uh, you know acronyms. Yeah, the, the, the John Wayne saying, ah, "Pull that dewdrop out of there and <laughs> place it in the ningong." And uh, you know, you know, what the, the the big problem they had with the with the um, acronyms was. Uh, a lot of times they were they were inappropriate. Like, did you know that you know that you know when they talk about Pearl Harbor, the the guy who was in charge of the fleet at Pearl Harbor was was not the commander in chief of the Pacific Fleet. It was Sink U.S. C-I-N-C not, not, not U.S. Not. Fleet. So that his his basically his title was Sink U.S. Sink us. For, sink us. Sink us. For, yeah, for the U.S. Navy. Isn't that great? All right, one more one more quick one here. The VA. VA is uh, celebrating because they uh, set records for number of appointments, claims processing, uh, compensation claims over the past year. Mm. And you figure uh, when you have uh, over 400,000 employees, uh, they hired more than 61,000 new employees, surpassing their goal of uh, 52,000 new employees by 10,000. And it's it's the second largest uh, federal department, even though the number of veterans going down. Um, but boy, oh boy, they have taken government to a whole new level. Well, this is God government. love them. Yeah, this is government for you. It's uh, success is measured by how much you spend, and they are right. spending it. Right, and you, you, uh, you don't so. want to spend less than you spent last year. No, no, because it'll get taken away. All right. So, uh, so compensation but, and benefits are up 39%. Disability claims are up 16%. And medical appointments are up 2.7% over FY22. Yeah. So that, that's progress. Oh, yeah. That's progress. Yeah. Um, so this is, uh, this is just one of those federal uh, departments yeah. that just has mastered... Uh, a federal bureaucracy. Yeah. So I don't know what else to tell you about that. I just don't know what else to say. Yeah. It sort of speaks for itself. Um, and that's it is what it is. Well, I'll tell you something, Paul. I, I, I'm heartened by the, the commandant of the Marine Corps because uh, she just said something uh, that you don't usually say in public. But she? She, yeah. Her name is... Um, uh, Admiral Linda Fagan, she's the commandant of the Marine, uh, the um, I'm sorry, the Coast Guard, and um, she said uh, basically we cannot do the same with less. She's talking about money. Conducting our mission is uh, often inherently dangerous, and doing so without enough crew puts our members and the American public at increased risk. Unquote. Uh, that sounds like pretty laconic sort of comment, but that that's a gutsy comment from somebody. Who's running a service? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I give her credit for doing it because there, everybody wants to say they can do more with less. She's saying I can't do any more with less. I'm going to do less with less. 
And unfortunately, what's happening is they're reducing the active cutter force in the in the Coast Guard because of personnel shortages. They they're down ten uh, percent this year, thirty five hundred personnel short. I didn't think you'd ever have the U.S. Coast Guard not getting its goal. I never I never thought that would ever happen. Um, but it can't operate the same with fewer people. But the one thing that they are doing, which is really uh, depressing is they're still blaming their numbers on covid which right. it's just unbelievable but they're actually talking about reducing the number of operating vessels um they're, they're going to take the old medium endurance cutters out of service decommission them these are the oldest ones and five of the 65 foot harbor tugs will be placed on standby in case they're needed for ice breaking ice breaking mm. can you just use like a like a cutter as an icebreaker? Well, you got to have a special bow, and it. it I was going to say. I mean, you, you, you just get more. I guess mild conditions, not not the extreme. Right. Yeah, not not, yeah. not yeah. A crust breaker. Um, <laughs> so, folks, uh, with Veterans Day coming, um, I'm going to turn it over to Steve in just a second here. But I just want to tell you, uh, I make a point this week, and I should do it all year. Uh, but I especially do it this week. Uh, I've been on the phone over two hours this week with uh, folks I probably don't talk to enough, uh, people I've served with. And I'd ask you, this week, if not during the entire year, but this week in particular, pick up the phone. Call someone you haven't talked to, someone that you were in uniform with, and just surprise them. And uh, just say, hey, how you doing? What's going on? Let them know what's going on in your life. Uh, tell a funny story. Tell a joke. And uh, just reconnect. It's a good time to do it, really. It, it is. sure is. It sure is. Um, I, uh, I've been going to this uh, same function that I'm at right now uh, since 2016. And always happen to be here. around. Vet- it's always around Veterans Day. And they do a great ceremony, which they did this morning. And I've gotten to know the folks that do the ceremony, and I look forward to seeing them every year. Uh, but it just reminds me that uh, we need to reach out to our those people we've served with and just take some time to do it. With that, uh, Brother Steve, uh, I, I know you wanted to do something. I just wanted to highlight one fellow from Monroe County uh, who uh, gave his life in World War II. And uh, I, I do it for a couple of reasons. One of them is he's the uncle of an old friend of mine, Bill Burke, who was a Marine and an A6 guy who passed on a couple of years ago. Um, he's up in heaven somewhere smiling because I'm going to talk about his uncle. Uh, the person I want to talk about is Sergeant William D. Burke, U.S. Army Air Force. He was a B-17 uh, Flying Fortress tail gunner. He was with the 347th Bombardment Squadron of the 99th Bomb Group heavy bomb group, of the 15th Air Force. Those are the guys who flew out of Italy in World War II. Uh, there was, he was uh, um, determined to be dead on 8 November 43 uh, as a result of a mission over Italy. So that's, uh, by the time this broadcast hits the airwaves, it will be 80 years to the day that uh, Sergeant Burke was killed. His body was never recovered. Uh, he's memorialized at the ABMC tablets in Sicily, Rome, which is in Nettuno, Italy. Uh, he was awarded the Air Medal and the Purple Heart posthumously. 
And uh, when he was uh, living with, in Monroe County, he lived with his parents at number nine South Avenue Webster. He's a Webster kid. Graduated Webster High School, Holy Trinity Parish in Webster. Uh, he'd been working at his father's barber shop at seven and a half South Avenue. So it's right down the street from where he lived um, on South Avenue um, Webster. And besides his parents, he left behind seven brothers, all of Webster. So we're remembering Bill Burke 80 years later. Thanks, Captain. Absolutely. Colonel, I'll let you take us out. All right. Well, thank you. Happy Veterans Day. God bless our soldiers, sailors, airmen, Marines, Coasties, Guardians. Keep them in your thoughts and your prayers. And reach out this week. Happy Veterans Day. Up and that bright and early. I'm all business in my suit. Yeah, I'm dressed up for success. From my head down to my boots I don't do it for the money There's bills that I can't pay I don't do it for the glory I just do it anyway Providing for our futures My responsibility Yeah, I'm real good under pressure Being all that I can be